Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 80. I want this to be a silver bullet. I want this to change my life. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today I have joining us Amy Trout-Hughes of Marshmallow MBA. Marshmallow MBA was born over a bottle of wine when a friend asked her why she wasn't selling her holiday handmade confections. After some kitchen burns and several more bottles of wine, Amy launched her business in February of 2016 with her college roommate from Penn State. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast live, that was just earlier this year. Amy invites you to forget everything you think you know about marshmallows. Marshmallow MBA offers more than 75 flavors and are available for shipping nationwide. Products include traditional marshmallows in gourmet flavors, craft marshmallows based on cocktail and liquor flavors, Gamer's Edge Energy Marshmallows, and Athletic Edge Recovery Marshmallows. Amy may very well be the only person who left a consulting career for candy making. Now she's paying back her MBA loans one dozen marshmallows at a time. Oh my gosh, between the wine and the marshmallows, Amy, you are a girl after my own heart and welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me, Sue. And we get that response a lot with the wine and marshmallows. So it's a good combo. Okay, so Amy, I'd like to start off our conversations by having you describe yourself in a little bit of a creative way, and that is by having you tell us what your ideal motivational candle would look like. So if you would, let us know what the color and the quote would be on your motivational candle. Well, when you asked me this in the um, original interview prep, the first thing that struck me is being colorblind. My candle is probably going to be gray. I'm good with that. Reminds me of a lot of things, but Sandra, my business partner, uh, is in charge of all of our color combinations for a very, very good reason. Um, <laughs> she doesn't as, get contested with the colors then, does she? She it's really doesn't. <laughs> if, if she tells me, no, these two just don't go together or this color does not look appetizing, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's the trust that comes from a 30-year friendship. My motivational quote actually comes from the priest at my church. I started going back about five years ago, and the second sermon I ever heard from him, the theme of the sermon was, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And that really hit me like a ton of bricks, because I was at a point where I was really questioning a lot of things that were happening. You know, I think you hit 40, and you start asking questions you weren't asking earlier. You know, not midlife crisis necessarily, but certainly, hey, what else can I do? Is this all there is? Reba McIntyre has that song, Is There Life Out There? And I think it's a legitimate question. But asking it, framing it in the words, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail, makes it so much more actionable. 
it eliminates those possibility brackets. Somehow we fit ourselves into these little brackets and we can only look at the space in between. And your quote kind of reminds me, you're pulling away those brackets and literally, if you go against that mindset, anything is achievable. What would that be for you? Where is your passion? Right. So where my passion lies, even was lying five years ago, I knew I was burned out doing the same thing every day as a government consultant. I took a leap of faith and went to business school. I am math phobic. So when friends and family found out I was going to business school, their first reaction was, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very supportive. And you know, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but they also asked us the question, our first residency of business school, what do you want this degree to be for you? And I remember very clearly saying, I want this to be a silver bullet. I want this to change my life. Lucky for me, I committed. I committed 100%, some days more than that, accounting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the accounting classes, but got through them. And you know, you get back what you put in. I say business school was one of the best decisions I've made as an adult. And it allowed me to learn so much more about myself and recognize opportunities that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And so being able to take my interest in food, food has always been a, a type of ministry for me. You know, that's how I give back to my community. But taking that and looking at a candy in a different way. The whole thing started, it sounds like, from this quote in terms of what could you do. So it opened up the possibilities of doing something different and doing something for yourself and not staying in a career that might have served you well for a long time, but you knew there was something else that you wanted to do. Absolutely. I'm loving what you talked about in your intro, so I want you to go there. I want to be at that table with you when you were talking with your friend. Talk <laughs> through talk through what happened. And is this the friend who's now your business partner? It is, is not. Okay. So tell us how this idea came about. So I have made handmade gifts, food gifts, for friends and family for 20 years, if not about 20 years. Let's not date me entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and whether it was jams, whether it was candy, cookies, bread, whatever it was, the Christmas baking and, and Christmas food prep for me was always something I did. It was a great gift because even for picky people, everybody eats a cookie. Now, my grandmother, who you need to know is in a lot of ways my mother, the joke in our family, which I never took as a joke, is you are your grandmother's daughter. So our, our generations are, are mixed. My grandmother had an incredible sweet tooth. She always had candy around. She used to level off ice cream. No, no, I'm just evening it up. I'm just making it <laughs> nice, nice and even. Oh, I like that strategy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even as she got older, when she lost her appetite for other things, she could always eat candy. She could always eat sweets. And when I would travel to see her at the holidays, I would always bring an extra suitcase. And so, it, and then we'd put things in the freezer and we'd put things, you know, we'd vacuum seal things. So she had it then. She and uh -huh. my grandfather both. I lost her two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's still painful. But she, marshmallows were a candy white. Marshmallows and fudge. I can't make fudge. Fudge is one of those things I hear there's all these easy ways and all these great, no. 
Fudge and I are never going to be friends. <laughs> so if you're making fudge, please keep making it because it's not something I'm able to do. But I'll never forget the last Christmas I flew out. I didn't make marshmallows that year. And the look on her face devastated me. Oh, you didn't bring marshmallows. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. I exactly. bet you followed up with some a month later followed, or so. Followed up with some, yes. She always, she always got them. So how did the idea, like, let's go to this table where you're sitting with your friend. Was it like this revelation all of a sudden or how did it happen? So we're sitting, we're sitting on the couch. He's finishing up a box from his Hanukkah package. And like we said, we were drinking wine. Mm -hmm. And Keith says to me, I don't know why you're not selling these things. You could be the Marshmallow MBA. Oh my gosh, he even gave you the name. Oh, he gave us, he gave, he gave me all of this. All right, so did you pull up a napkin and start writing the plan right then and there? He didn't. I looked at him and I started laughing. I'm like, oh, ha, ha, isn't that funny? Another bottle of wine. Okay, if you can find somebody that'll buy these things, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And this was just before Valentine's Day. And he did. He found some folks that were interested in buying them. So I made them. We sold them. And then I was talking to Sandra, who became my business partner in this. And she's like, well, how hard are they to make? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you they're easy to make. But she said, well, show me. And like me, at a point where we were looking for something different than what was going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. So we went into the kitchen. And we tossed up a batch of marshmallows. And she looked at me and said, if you do this, I'm in. Wow. I want to stop you right here for just a second, Amy. Gift Biz listeners, listen to how this idea formed. It was a random moment, nothing to do with business. Amy did not sit down and say, okay, I want to start a business. What is it going to be? The idea just naturally came about in her normal course of life. I'm going to pretend like normal is always sitting around with wine and marshmallows, but it goes it goes well, for me. It works for me. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> but so I want you guys to all think about that too. If you're out there and you're thinking about, well, what kind of business do I want to do? Or let's say you have a product and you're looking for a name for a product or that kind of thing. Get outside of your regular business environment and be open and receptive to ideas because that's where the best and most creative ideas arise. All right, so we are now back. You two are getting ready and you've decided, she says she's in and you are ready to start the business. What happens next? Next thing we do, register the website. So you grabbed your name. You grabbed, grabbed your domain. We grabbed our domain name. Did you grab a bunch of them or did, was it Marshmallow MBA right away? We grabbed Marshmallow MBA right away. Now we grabbed a number of extensions on that, but the name we grabbed right away. Perfect. And... Okay. Huh, funny enough, nobody else had that name. Lucky for me, people are more creative in their in their naming uh, than oh, I would be. I think this is pretty creative, I gotta tell you. <laughs> so you grab the domain. Grab the domain, and then... Um, did you also go into all of the social media sites and get all that too, right away? We did. Sandra jumped on that right Beautiful. away. Beautiful, uh, okay. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Those were the four we grabbed right away. Perfect, okay. So heads and, up, everybody, the very first thing you do, once you know and you're loving your name, go get all of them. It, the domain costs a little bit. You can get a domain for under $20. Absolutely. But you all can get multi-year. Right, exactly. You can get multi-year multi for under $20. Exactly. And all your other social media sites, just go grab them. If you're committed to your name, just do it. You don't even have to fill everything in right away. Just get it. 
Exactly. And, and we had placeholders set up for things. And then we knew that we were going to be selling online. So the next step for us was looking at, well, what vehicle are we going to use for sales? So investigating Etsy, investigating Amazon, those were the first two that we looked at. And then looking at the percentages that they were taking and knowing that we were starting very small, we had no clue, truly, going into this in terms of the online sales side. We didn't know our audience demand. We just knew, okay, you know, we had some folks buy in February. Let's see what happens going forward and we'll build. So we knew we wanted to limit our costs because working capital is precious. Mm. Our model was to go ahead and set up our store on our own website. So are you using a WordPress website? or We're using a GoDaddy okay. website. Okay. Yep, we're doing everything through GoDaddy. And they've been very good to us. I use them for my other business as well. I was in IT for a long time. Oh, well, you have an unfair advantage. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is where I'm going with this. I was in IT. That does not mean I am qualified to do <laughs> web design or any of these other things. So thank God for templates. I guess my other tip trick for new business owners, small business owners, use the templates that have been already built and customize them. Yeah, you can always get more sophisticated later, but get something up first. Exactly. So we stood our website up. It took about a day to get the information we wanted, minimal information out there. And that was, here are our flavors. Here's how much it costs. Here's how you order. Got it. I have been waiting to get to this question. So I'm just jumping it in right here. Go ahead. <laughs> the flavors. How, <laughs> tell us, a, well, first off, I'd love to know how you're making. Are you using, are you in a commercial kitchen? You know, what are you doing with that? And then I want to get to flavor discovery with a friend and a roommate from college had to be a blast. Oh, great fun. Yeah, but start start with how, we're, how what's your production setup look like? So our production setup, we are working out of commercial kitchen space. In order to do sales, we do have to be working um, through certified kitchen space. So mm -hmm. we are doing that. Let me stop you here. When yes. you were looking for that space, is there any advice or suggestions from what you've just recently learned? Because this is within the last six months or so at this point in terms of finding a space. Any advice, guidance there? A couple things. One do not automatically go with the first link you find on Google for commercial kitchen space. We deep dove and looked at multiple resources. I mean, it, it, I know time is the most precious commodity when you own a small business, when you own any business, but particularly in a startup situation. So it's often very easy to just click on that first link and say, okay, that's what I'm going to go with because it's the first thing I see and I don't really have time to do a lot of research. Take the time to do the research. We investigated space through Craigslist. We investigated space through our local chamber of commerce. We also called the state. The Department of Agriculture has a list, and I think this is every state, but particularly in Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth has a list of certified kitchens. And you can give them a zip code, and they will tell you if they have kitchen certified space in that zip code or within five miles, 10 miles, and they'll help you with that. You just mm -hmm. have to be polite on the phone and don't be afraid to pick up the phone. 
Mm-hmm. Don't assume that your only resources are online. I think it's really easy for us to do. And so then did you go out and just like you would look for a space like a retail shop space, did you go out and then physically walk through all the spaces? Exactly. Yeah, because we wanted okay. to see it. And some spaces were going to be better suited than others. We don't need demo kitchen space. We don't need ovens. Our manufacturing process requires heat and flat surfaces. The refrigeration, uh, very limited. We do have a selection that we do that uses milk. It's evaporated milk. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not dealing with a lot of the challenges that a baker might have or another type of food product producer. So that made our requirements somewhat easier. The other tip I might offer is if you are looking for kitchen space and you know restaurant owners, don't be afraid to ask, what do you do with your facilities during off hours? Oh, what a good idea. Are you willing to rent out that space? Some of them will say no. Be prepared for that. But what I like about this community, the food community, collaboration is not foreign. And people are very willing to offer support if you're willing to ask for help. That's something that is such a refreshing change from the environment I spent so much of my life in. You know, I'm not afraid to ask the question. If, sure. if you're not afraid to tell me the answer. Yeah, the worst thing you're <laughs> going to say is no, and then exactly. you haven't lost ground, but you have huge opportunities to advance if they say yes. Right, exactly. Okay, and so now the flavors. How do you do that? So flavors come in a lot of different ways. We started out thinking of traditional candy flavors and flavors that infuse well into sugar. The great thing about a marshmallow is it will take just about any flavor you can imagine. Sandra definitely focuses on the non-booze flavors. (laughs) (laughs) And I tend to veer a little less family friendly. I think that's that's the best way of putting it. But we will be inspired by, for example, we have an entire line that is based on teas, black teas, green teas, different tea blends. Those all come from Sandra. That was all out of her great creative brain. So how do you do that? You make a batch, but you make sure you've written down you know, the proportions and all of that, and then you taste it and make adjustments and keep writing and adjusting until you land it, right? Yeah. For example, our bourbon marshmallow, which is one of our top five sellers. I'm a bourbon girl. It is my drink of choice. I don't care what time of year it is. But when we first did the bourbon marshmallows, perhaps I got a little heavy handed with the bourbon. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps they weren't as firm as a marshmallow should be. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Bourbon marshmallow pudding. Yes. And the other thing with that is because there are different flavor profiles depending on the ingredient that you're using to flavor the marshmallow. So like with bourbon, some is sweeter, some is drier, some is a stronger smoky taste. We tested it out with different brands. Oh, what a shame. I had to buy multiple bottles of bourbon. We tested it out with different flavors and different brands to be able to see which one worked best because you're talking about a sugar base. And that sweet can be, even after you beat air into it, sweet can be a really intense flavor. And I would imagine you're liking bourbon a lot. The intense bourbon flavor may not be best for the audience, you know, when you want to extend it beyond, you know, so you have to find that sweet spot too, in terms of how intense should the flavors be. Exactly. And Sandra is more sensitive to that flavor. She has no problem saying to me, oh no, 
that is way too boozy. We also do one, or you said you liked wine. Mm-hmm. We have a box wine marshmallow, and we're doing that in a red version and a white version. Ooh, that sounds yummy. I like bourbon too, by the way. Oh, good. Well, you know, make sure we have that address and we'll make sure you get some of those. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on and talk a little bit more about product development and pricing. How did you decide where your price was going to fall? We started out with a pricing model looking at competitive products. And we compared our product to a gourmet boxed chocolate, a truffle type of product. And then as we've been modifying our products, pricing changes depending on, for example, an add-in. If we're adding a second flavor to the marshmallow, for example, if we're adding a special type of coating but we stay pretty standard in our pricing between $10 and $15 a box, and we sell by the dozen, not by the pound. Selling marshmallows by the pound is really a losing proposition. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of air in the marshmallows. <laughs> there's a lot of air. That's what we say. Our first ingredient is air, and our second ingredient is sarcasm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of getting that vibe here. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so you're taking into account the ingredients that you're using. You've marked a spot in pricing land of the truffles, you know, like a box of truffles, because you're certainly a gourmet product. You're not going to compare yourself with a bag of marshmallows, obviously. What about time in terms of the amount of production time it takes? Does that is that included in the equation? It is included. So it's going to be any of the raw materials. So the sugar, the gelatin, the flavorings. It'll include the packaging. So depending on whether we're packaging in our traditional packaging, which is a candy box, a bag, some tissue, and then we'll also account for if we're doing it for a special event. So we've done a few weddings, and we will package those products on gift trays. We'll package them on candy plates with different wrap, different ribbons. That'll change pricing as well. If we have a specific add-in to the flavor, for example, our traditional bourbon, One of our craft mellows, we've priced that at $12 a box for a dozen. We also do a bourbon bacon marshmallow. Anything that's got bacon in it, that automatically is at a premium for us. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the time as much as it is for the additional material. So it's material and it's additional production time for sure. Exactly. So we have factored in the time as well as the packaging and the raw materials. Okay, so someone who's doing this, let's say they have a product marshmallows, chocolates, fudge, because they can supply you the fudge since you don't make the fudge, right? How do you start working on labeling specifically with ingredients? What are the rules around that? Rules around that, and this is strictly Commonwealth of Pennsylvania rules. So again, state by state, please, if you're in food, make sure you are paying attention to your Department of Ag rules, not only in your state, but also in your locality. Sometimes there are differences depending on whether the city is licensing and tracking or your municipality is licensing or tracking versus what your state's doing. Make sure you're reading. Right. So (laughs) make sure you're educated and knowledgeable about what your local vicinity requires. Exactly. Exactly. So for us, because of where we are in terms of amount of goods sold, there are limited ingredient description requirements. Now, we have them available upon request, but we are not required to list every item in specific detail. Oh, lucky you. Yes, very Mm -hmm. lucky. And I mean, for us, it's a limited list of ingredients. We're under five ingredients in every flavor. Uh But, you know, we list it by percentage within the product. 
Now for our energy marshmallows, and you mentioned those at the top, so our Gamer's Edge energy marshmallows do have caffeine and some additional energy products in them. So for those, we include labeling related to the caffeine. The other information that we will include in our labeling is an allergen information statement. Even though our product doesn't contain egg, even though most of our products do not contain dairy, none of our products contain soy or nuts, because they are handled in a facility where other products may come into contact, we do have a cross-contamination statement on there for folks who are severe, you know, who have severe allergies. Yeah, because you might assume that you're okay with marshmallows, but you're right. If you're in a commercial kitchen, you don't know who else is working in that space. And it's Correct. Just, you know, even though it's certainly health-wise just fine, that's really wise. I appreciate you bringing that up. Very, very important. Let's round this portion of the conversation out, Amy, but any specific additional advice that you can think of for someone who's looking at starting in some type of a consumable product? Are there any other learnings that you've had? Possibly, and let's go here. What about something that was really challenging for you as you were starting up? Something maybe you weren't expecting or that you saw was more of a struggle to put in place? I think the struggle for us initially and continuing, social media is a challenge for me. It may be a generational thing. I don't immediately think that if something happens, that it's interesting enough to put on Twitter. I don't immediately think, oh, that's a beautiful tray of marshmallows. That's a beautiful box of marshmallows. Let me snap a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Social media is my constant, constant challenge. Remembering to do it. So marketing would be the big umbrella there. The other challenge for us is that our products have a shelf life. What is a shelf life? The shelf life on it, according to all of our guidelines, minimum of a month. Now, I can tell you we've never had a box of marshmallows last more last a month, but the shelf life on it is a month. You know, I'm going to tell people they're best eaten within two weeks. Flavors fade. Not everyone's keeping them in the same situation that I'm keeping them in. I can vacuum seal. When we make our batches, we make them, cool them, and vacuum seal the slabs. But fully 80% of our products are made to order. We get the order. We send the note back. We received your order. You'll receive it within three to five days. And I think you need to do that with that kind of a shelf life. Yes, absolutely. Now, we've had, I think, our biggest, I won't call it a setback, but perhaps speed bump that we had recently was a festival that we did, which the anticipated number was around 45,000 people. So we prepared for a significant amount of sales over a three-day period. And they had fewer than half that in attendance. Fewer than half of their estimated attendance actually was at the event which left us with a lot of product. Oh my gosh, what'd you do? We did a couple of things. One, we had a fire sale online and told people, we're offering discounts on our cases of different products. We also made donations. We donated to multiple churches and multiple youth groups. And then we are lucky enough to have colleagues in the community who have retail outlets who... We're like, well, let me put some in the store and see how I can do with these. Let me see if I can resell them in the store. So we discounted and said, let us know what happens. We're open to wholesale purchases. Yeah. So, if, you know, and we can price at wholesale pricing. If you're interested in keystoning them, we're certainly open to that. But it was, it was an ego blow as much as it was 
a bit of a financial setback. Again, going back to that idea of working capital and what we had invested both in actual dollars and the time value of dollars in preparation time. But you know, Amy, I mean, it's such a new business yet. Oh, my goodness. I find this all the time. Events will over-promote attendance, even if they have attendees who are, people who are saying they're going to come. A lot of people, last minute something comes up or, you know, they're just not coming. And some of that is living and learning. Oh, yeah. And we had a trifecta situation here of bad weather for the entire weekend. They had a storm system stall. And then what we're also noticing is with it being an election year, people are not necessarily saying, oh, I've got all kinds of disposable income. Let me buy gourmet marshmallows with it. $12 for bourbon marshmallows, I would buy all day. Okay. But, <laughs> but now <laughs> I want you to pull up, and we didn't talk about this. I wasn't recording when we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want you to pull out that other quote here. My affirmation. Your affirmation. Let's yeah. talk about that right here. Sure. I was on a flight to the West Coast, actually, out to see my, my grandmother. And I was in the only row on the plane with another woman making the same trip, obviously. We were on the only row that had an empty middle seat. Love when that happens. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking about being small business owners. She owned a business at the time. We both went to the same business school at George Washington University. It's, it's amazing the coincidences that happen. And I have friends who say there's no such thing as a coincidence. And she said, you know, I've been working with my small business for a long time. And she said, the best thought that I get in my head every morning and the driver for me and the motivation for me. So I take this from Candace. Fear is a liar. I think we all have that voice in the back of our head that says to us, what are you thinking, little girl? You can't do this. This is not something that you can make happen and be successful at. That's not a voice of reason. That's not a voice of support and generosity. It's a voice we need to quit listening to. Absolutely. So gift biz listeners, fear is a liar. Remember that when you're starting out, when you're looking at doing something and that voice inside you is, says, well, how, why is it that you think that you can do this? Don't listen. Shut the door on that thinking and move forward. One question before we move on here that I would love to know, what type of feedback have you gotten from the retailers where you were able to place your product? We've gotten good feedback on the Gamer's Edge marshmallow, and that's our energy marshmallow. And essentially with that, we removed the carbonated water out of an energy drink and then played around a little bit. I'm a caffeine addict, so I like bourbon and I like caffeine. Okay, there are my two vices. But I have friends who can't drink anything carbonated. We were at a Comic-Con earlier this year and noticed a lot of the folks who are gamers, who are playing board games or online games uh, that are in these tournaments, play for five, six, eight, ten hours at a time. And they drink a lot of energy drinks. But if you drink an energy drink, at some point in the middle of your eight-hour game, you need to get up and use the facilities. <laughs> I was exact. I was just thinking that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so with a marshmallow, we take the water out. So the response to that has been really good. We have a couple comic book store owners we've been talking to about that. They got good feedback. We used them actually as a test market group, people who have gaming nights at their store. Mm. And so they have repeat business. They were willing to share the product with their customers. And we got good feedback on that in terms of flavor, in terms of the actual energy boost and what the product did. 
with the Athlete's Edge marshmallow, which is essentially Gamer's Edge minus the caffeine. My husband is a coach for team and training with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and has a lot of friends who are runners. And so marshmallows for runners have been catching on. What we did is we've taken a brown rice syrup, which is the preferred energy source of a number of performance athletes. We've worked that into our formula. So you're not just getting a straight cane sugar or a corn syrup boost, but this is a longer term complex carbohydrate boost. With the Ragnar race uh, that was just completed here last weekend, we met some friends and my sister-in-law there. And this is a long relay race over two days with teams. She had friends who couldn't eat what was provided at the end of the race just because they were exhausted. They were like, no, I can't eat pizza. I can't even smell it. I'm just so tired. But they were able to eat the marshmallow. Because it has flavor, but it's not a heavy flavor. It's not oily. It's not fatty. It's not something that was going to mess with your stomach if you're tired. And because there's protein in it, it's a great recovery tool, particularly for women. You want the protein. You want a little bit of sugar after you've been in an athletic situation or a gym workout. That is so interesting. And I love this story because you you took what could be perceived as a failure in terms of not selling all the product and then turning it around and making it a positive because you're putting it in places where people can try it and discounting because you don't want, you know, you want to minimize your losses. But in the end, it can be a huge reward because you're exposing your product to people who might not have seen it just in the normal course of how you'd been doing business before. Exactly. So turning a negative into a positive, lemons into lemonade, however you want to say that, right? <laughs> which, which is not always my strong suit, but we said, you know, we're not going to let this stop us. And again, to your point, it's a young business. Yeah. And, you know, you're always going to be learning, adjusting, making things better. You don't always land it perfectly the first time. You celebrate the wins and then you take those less than wins, I'll just say, and figure out how to make them better. Yeah. And if you're not learning, you're not earning. If you're not learning, you're not earning. Love it. All right, Amy, we're going to circle now into our reflection section. These are just some really quick answers to some questions about how you have made yourself successful. What is one natural trait that you call upon regularly that has helped you with Marshmallow MBA? I can talk to anybody, and I have leveraged that in ways that I didn't for a long time. My preference is frequently not to tell my story, but just to do my work and let the work shine for itself. With Marshmallow MBA, I've been forced to tell the story. And, you know, that's okay. Yeah, just like you're doing here today, right? <laughs> <laughs> so quit, quitting, you know, stopping hiding my light under the bushel and just getting out there and talking to people and telling people about the product, telling people about what we're doing. You know, we've got nine products in R&D right now, in addition to just the traditional Marshmallow. So we've got nowhere to go but up. Yeah, for sure. Let me continue on here. What tool do you regularly use during your day to help you keep productive and in control of all that's going on as a developing business? Prayer. Uh (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. Prayer and happy hour both are uh, good bookends for small business owners. (laughs) Times at the same time. (laughs) Right. But um, I think if we're talking specific tools... Learn, quicken, learn it, live it, love it. Oh, that's what you're using for your accounting? Yeah, for accounting. And it's, you know, so, so that, 
why do you use that over some of the other options that are out there? Because it does interface so easily with so many other products. Import our bank account statements directly in. PayPal interfaces really cleanly as well. That's how we do our invoicing, for example. And I use Trello. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Trello. It's an online time and task management tool. I make lists like a crazy woman. And Trello lets me take the crazy lists and put them in some semblance of actionable order. Is there a book that you've read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? I do read. That's a thing from business school. I learned to skim in business school, so I skim a lot of things. Probably the most recent ones, well, screw it, let's do it. If you haven't read Richard Branson's book, and it's short, it's not even 150 pages. Richard Branson's one of my heroes. I think his life story is fascinating, and what he's been able to do is just amazing. I don't know that I could work for him, but I'd love to get a day with him. I think that would be great. So he's got a book, Screw It, Let's Do It. That's how he signs off on any project that he funds. And then tactically, there's a really great book called 15 Handpicked Unique Suppliers for Handmade Businesses. And it's by a woman named Renee Christine. She has a lot of online resources as well as this book, which I, uh, it's an e-publication, so it's available for the Kindle. It was actually free on Amazon uh, about six weeks ago. This book, her 15, it's 15 on top of 15 on top of 15 on top of 15. There is so much in there. I got more out of that than I've gotten out of some classroom sessions. This is strictly on handmade businesses. So if you're doing crafts, if you are making food products, if you're working on Etsy, she's got a lot of information about that as a resource. And then for me, her packaging resources were fantastic. That sounds so interesting for almost the majority of our listeners here. So excellent. We'll have to check that out. She's fantastic. (laughs) Okay. All right. Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also pick up audiobooks. Now, I'm not sure this 15 hand-picked is an audiobook, but I bet you screw it, let's do it might just be. Let's do it is an audiobook. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like screw it, let's do it. I just like saying that. And you can get one for free on me if you haven't already. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. Okay. Now, as all of you know, but if you're new to my podcast, there will be a show notes page accompanying this episode. It will have a lot of the information in terms of direct links to our conversation here if you're looking for something specific that we were talking about. I'll also have links to Amy's website so you guys can go look at these delicious, yummy marshmallows, possibly order some. I think I'm going to be doing that. Social media sites and also the links to these two books. So if you didn't capture them, you're out walking your dog or straightening stock in your shop, something like that, don't worry, I've got you covered. Just go check out the show notes page. And that, of course, is at giftbizunwrapped.com. And now, Amy, I'd like to invite you to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Is an email and or phone call, preferably a phone call, from Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks. Ooh. 
And what is he going to be calling you about? He's going to call me and say, I've heard about Marshmallow MBA. I'd like to try your products. We'd like to put them in the stores. All right. And then what are you going to say? Sir, yes, sir. How many zeros are on that check? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I have to tell you, one of the things I like about this, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier when you were saying one of your friends thinks or says that there are no coincidences. I like to do this dare to dream question because I feel like just verbalizing things like this, put it out in the environment. And I love your answer, Amy, because I could so see your product in Starbucks. I really could. So can we. So can we. And we talk about it on a daily basis. I think about it every time I walk in and order a venti. Uh (laughs) There you go. Well, Starbucks is my choice too. I probably own (laughs) half the company at this point. (laughs) So I am right with you with that wish. And I want to give you that box and that present for sure. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) And being able to put it out in the universe. I mean, how do you make it more real than that? How How do you put it on the business path if you don't put it out there? Exactly. You're right. You have to define it first and then attract it in. Amy, this has been fabulous. I really appreciate, I know you're a new business, but it's wonderful because to be able to get you right in the start as your company is growing, sharing all of the things that you have in terms of how to develop a product right from the start has been so valuable. I really appreciate your time and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a great fun and we'll get you some marshmallows. Oh, yay. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.